Hi, and welcome to The Middle Podcast. I'm Dana Lynn Condi, your host. Thank you for listening. And he was driving home from work one day. We were talking on the phone. And we cannot even remember who this person was, but I see that's, I know this story and yes. I was going to specifically ask that because I've heard the story, but I've never had that clarified. Right. We're having a conversation. I hope you're all on the edge of your seats. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Middle. I'm Gainalyn Condi, your host, and I'm so grateful that you joined us today and you are in for a treat because my friend and a hero, I would say, in the mm-hmm. world. I'm I'm serious. Shalane is here. And you probably don't know her by, you might know her by her face and her name, but <laughs> probably you know her for a different reason. She is one of the creators, directors, parents of the Unique Foundation and the Unique Company, which, before you message me, yes, This is unique lipstick. Every time I wear this lipstick, (laughs) I get tons of messages on social media. I love your lipstick. Where do I get your lipstick? We figured out what one. Sentimental. Sentimental. And splash. Yes, and splash. And it doesn't smear and get on my braces. So I really love it. And I'm down to the little nubs. I need to get more of it. But I know somebody that might be able to help you with that. (laughs) Did you you see that little? I can do. Yeah. We've had a number of conversations on other platforms and in person and at events, but one of the reasons we wanted to invite you to come to the middle is because there's such a powerful backstory to the creation of this amazing company that sells makeup and other skincare, be- skincare yeah. beauty products. Um, and it's it's been such an inspiration to watch where I live. I get to drive by your corporate headquarters. Mm-hmm. And so I've watched this huge, enormous impact in the world happen in a very short time. From the beginning of starting the company to today, are we in six years now? or It's eight, eight for, years. for the company, but six for the foundation. For the foundation. Yeah. And that's important part of the story because... To go back, we need a little bit of a backstory always here at The Middle. Um, The company was created to solve a problem. And the foundation was from the beginning, the why. Mm -hmm. And most of the time when you read, you know, of successful companies, the foundations come much after. They're an afterthought after there's been great success and impact financially and growth that then the creators or directors will often come and say, hey, maybe we should start a foundation. For yeah. the unique company, mm-hmm. it was the actual reverse. It was. And and so take us back to, um, there's an imaginary guest here with us, your husband, Derek. Right? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> He's really big, so you yeah. would notice him if he yeah. was on set. But yeah. you and he had had some really life-changing, challenging experiences. Do you want to touch on what you had already gone through and then what led to the conversation in the car. So the, it all started for, for me. I think it all goes back to when Derek had cancer. He got leukemia six months after we got married. And um, that, of course, was a very pivotal time of our lives. Because you're trying to, like, be newly married. Not- yes. And people had always said the, the first year is the hardest. And <laughs> I'm like, well, people told us the first year is the hardest. They're like, that's not what they meant. <laughs> they didn't mean leukemia. Yeah, they did not mean that. Um, 
So he met another young man in the hospital named Greg Johnston, and they got really close. And um, by the time Greg got to the end of his life, and they'd have multiple conversations leading up to this moment, too, that um, Greg made Derek, my husband, promise to live for both of them and to do something good with, with his life. And you can't not promise. When someone's dying, right? Yes. And so Derek did promise Greg that he would do that and immediately left the hospital feeling overwhelmed because Derek stutters and he really didn't believe that with a stutter you could do anything great with your life. He didn't know. You know, we were both really still young then and didn't know what was possible. So for me, it really started there. That's where the seed was planted. So uh, a couple of years passed and he always had this promise at the back of his head, but didn't really know how he could fulfill it. And Derek's always been a good man. He's a, he's a great husband. He's a good father. He's a great father. Um, but he just, he didn't know how to do it. And, um, he was playing basketball. They had like a little, uh, league basketball league at work and they'd go during lunch and play basketball and he collided heads with his boss who he was guarding and it crushed his frontal sinus cavity and this is a super long story but no i i'm with you (laughs) well i'm gonna truncate it but um he had to get surgery because he had it looked like somebody had hit him in the face with a hammer um and he had to get surgery for that and he woke up in greg's room it Gets it's me a little so emotional. emotional. Yeah, yeah, because like, how can that not be divine intervention? Maybe it was a, a nurse overheard like, oh, Derek Maxfield, like we had him here for four months. We'll take him. But never in his four months in the hospital did he ever see a post-op patient in the cancer ward. Like they just didn't do that. And so we really feel like he was meant to wake up in Greg's room and he did. And it's providential moments that I think inspire. So I, I oh, would rather live a life, and I know you live this way, that it's God in there and not Quinn. Oh, Quentin's. I absolutely yeah. see him in the details all right, the time. Right, Um, His hand is very much over our lives. Right. So he he wakes up in this room, and he knows where he is, but he doesn't know why. Because he's coming out of the anesthesia. Oh. And he can hear familiar nurses, and he can smell the bed sheets, And he hears the food cart. Like, all these things. And he's thinking... I'm back. I have cancer still or whatever. He just couldn't figure out what was going on, but he caught hold of the thought that we had a daughter at that time and we didn't have a daughter when he was going through chemo. So he caught hold of this thought and he was so confused and it was like God spoke to his heart and said, that's right, Derek, you're right back here. Nothing's changed. You haven't kept your promise to Greg and you haven't kept your promise to me. And again, he was a good man, but it was like the, God was telling him this is really important are you paying attention now? But don't you think, Shalane, that's how all of us are, that we can get so busy in the day-to-day that we don't have the long view and we forget? Yes. We get into our routine. Yeah, the it good, better, best all of, of what we can do with our time. And it's so easy. Yes, and some of us need to be literally knocked in the head. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Yeah, no offense. Um, So he has this feeling that, you know, he hasn't kept this promise and he just made a commitment. I'm going to be different. I'm going to keep that promise. And, you know, he healed enough to leave. And, um, for the next year and a half, he worked, um, at, he woke up at 4:45 every morning and he worked on this software that he had talked himself out of writing because he didn't think he'd be able to sell it because of his stutter. 
and and he uh, developed this software that became a successful business. And he sold that business in 2010. And he was driving home from work one day. We were talking on the phone. And we cannot even remember who this person was. But I see, that's I know this story. And yes. I was going to specifically ask that because I've heard the story, but I've never had that clarified. Right. You're having a conversation. I hope you're all on the edge of your seat. <laughs> ha- you're having a conversation and you cannot remember who the person was that you were right. talking about. But you were talking. It was this a, a adult survivor of sexual abuse that he and I both know. And we cannot to this day remember who it was that we were talking about. Because we know a lot. Hundreds of them now. Maybe thousands. Um, and just commenting on how detrimental the abuse had been to her life and how it had so negatively impacted her and it wasn't even her fault. And um, Derek just said that that's so unfair. Somebody's got to do something about that. And again, he had one of those moments that God just spoke to his heart and said, that's right, Derek, why don't you do something about that? Because that's how he speaks to us. It's like, yeah, why don't you do something about that? <laughs> Sometimes you know I, mean? I feel like he rolls his eyes at me. Oh, I'm not going to be honest. Yes. He's just like, seriously, are we going to talk about this again? Yes. Do we're still feeling insecure about that still? You know, yes. the same thing. So you're you're having a conversation just so our viewers really get this. And you're seeing, this is pre-Me Too movement. Okay. It's way pre-Me Too. And yeah. and I think that's why you're a hero to me too as well because I feel like all of the people that I look to for the examples of the let's make a difference in the world have tackled some issues that may not already have a platform. Right. And, and I'm not saying there aren't other organizations trying to address the effects of, of sexual abuse, but yeah. in the way in which you had this conversation is you saw the long-term effect in an adult of what sexual abuse plays out and how it plays out and how untreated trauma plays out. And literally you're like, Derek's like, Oh, someone should do that. Yeah. Something about that. And God's like, whack. He's like, you, (laughs) you do something about it. And I think Heavenly Father talks to us that way a lot. Like we have the, these good ideas and we do feel inspired. We do feel compelled to do something, but we just don't know how we don't feel qualified it's somebody else's job. We're not educated enough. We have a stutter. Yes. We we disqualify ourselves from what God is saying. You're qualified. You're called. Yes. Like, I'll take care of the rest. Or Show up. we're waiting for the email or the PDF download of exactly the steps we're going to take to solve this right. problem or create this whatever or step into this arena we've never been in and god doesn't do that either right no, he puts like, it on our yeah, hearts and like it's dark but you step into the dark yes. and i'll show you the light like you make that move first so what was the next part of the conversation so we had a few follow-up conversations you know as we started to think about it because he felt so compelled i didn't realize at the time that you didn't get this app no he did which is fine with me i don't like getting tapped <laughs> i like doing things right you know what i mean like, i don't want to get knocked over the head. i don't know how your marriage is but is it probably better that it went in that direction? Because oh, you're our very is so awesome. You're very passionate, and so did yeah. it need to come through Derek first? Do you think? Probably because I think God knew it's like Shalane's not the problem. Like <laughs> she doesn't have to get on board. Like you say something 
to her and she'll get on board. It's like, I have to say something to you yes. to get you on board. Which, which again, he's a great man. <laughs> he's like, fabulous. He's yes, fabulous. He really is. But I do have a friend that she will say when I need my husband to know something, I tell God and tell God to tell him. Because yeah, that's what, that makes that sense. That is a bonus little marriage tip. Not even yeah. what we're talking about. But if you're married, just tell yeah. God what you want your partner to Yes, because no. he'll handle it. He'll handle he'll it. Handle it. So you, from that point, you had a few more conversations. Yeah. And it just kind of developed of like, well, how do we help? I was a stay at home mom. I I have like 12 uh, college credits. I didn't graduate from college. Um, You know, there's so many things about me that I could have disqualified myself Mm -hmm. from doing this work, but it's like, oh, you just want me to show up? God, I can, I can show up. And we, we thought, well, how, how can we help them heal? What has to happen? And we thought, okay, if we pluck them out of their circumstances and teach them how to heal through a variety of methods and teach them about self-worth and help them understand that they have this intrinsic value, then that's how we can help them heal. Because if we're if we're teaching them about the atonement of Jesus Christ, which we firmly believe in, but not everybody does. So we have to speak this universal language of of openness and possibility and hope, hope with this understanding that we've been taught our whole lives, but might be foreign to other people. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. There's still a way that God can bless their lives and he can do it through communication by speaking to their hearts the way that they understand. And that's fine with us. So we got this idea together now. It was um, actually Derek's idea to have a retreat up in the mountains where it's nestled in and cozy. So you feel safe. And this, you know, grand scheme of how we were going to help. And I'm like, that's and really bring, nice. bring resources to mm-hmm. the, do you to call them. them survivors? Do you call them? We, I always call them survivors because the, the other term I've heard is victims. Yeah. And to me, the victims are the ones who didn't get out. Yeah. Or, or st- who are still in. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody loves the term survivor because it's like, all I did was survive. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. Mm -hmm. You're, you're doing okay. You're great. You're going to be awesome. So Derek had the idea for the retreat and was it snowballing too fast? And you were like, Whoa, well, it snowballed in a way that I was saying, well, that's really nice, but how are we going to pay for that? Because he had sold his company and we had built a house and eventually he would have had to go back to work. And, and he just looked at me and said, I'll just start another company. Like I'll just pick it up while I'm at the store, kind of casual. (laughs) And that's what he did. He started Unique to be able to fund the Unique Foundation. Okay, so this is why. This is exactly why I wanted to invite you to the Yellow Couch. Because here at the Middle, we unpack stories of being in the middle. And whether you're talking about healing from sexual abuse or starting a business or overcoming cancer diagnosis or or grief or whatever it is. I mean, there's three middle stories we could talk about. But the idea that I really wanted to emphasize is there's so many issues we see playing out in the world right now. And it's easy to get discouraged and feel overwhelmed. And it's also easy to pass the buck and say, well, someone should fix that. This issue and this issue. And we talk about them here on The Middle. You both literally said, here's an issue and we're going to solve this problem and we've got to fund it. So I'm just going to start a company. (laughs) So it's like, how do we go back to get to that point? Which is brilliant because so often we we have a great foundation started after some success has come. Which is also awesome. Not to take away from that, but that business model has been done. This one, I wonder what great ideas haven't been solved or created because 
we're not using this business model, which I think right. is brilliant. So from that idea of I'm just going to go start another company, yeah. what what formulated into the amazing lipstick I have now? So he um, got the business plan together, the compensation plan, because in his software company, he had written software for direct sales and always wondered why the the clients didn't leverage social media. And if you have to touch something or smell it or whatever, that's kind of difficult to do. But if you have a friend that's wearing great mascara and they're posting a picture, you're like, I know your lashes don't look like that in real life. I want that. You know, it's possible. You can do it that way. And um, Unique became a billion dollar company in four years. And we truly believe it's because God wants his children healed. He does. And I think he, I think it's also a testament of the offering. We've had Dallas Jenkins of The Chosen talk about the offering. And I think so often we don't take those next steps because God hasn't laid out the plan. And I love, I have loved cheering you both on and mm-hmm. watching what you've done with this stewardship assignment. Mm-hmm. That's what I see it as. We do too. The, the the abundance has come because there's a consecration aspect of everything that you do. Right. And the foundation has grown into this amazing um, network of resources. Take us, take us through a little bit of what the foundation um, offers as far as resources and what you've seen from the perspective of a survivor. So we have three brands within the Unique Foundation. We have Finding Hope Support Groups, Defend Innocence, and The Haven Retreat. And we're probably best known for The Haven Retreat. It's where adult female survivors of child sexual abuse come for four days. It costs them nothing. They do have to pay for their travel expenses, which gives them some skin in the game. Um, and we teach them multiple methods of healing. So if we're offering this buffet, if you will, and saying, choose what you think is going to be most beneficial. That speaks to your soul. Yes. So maybe it's, maybe it's Muay Thai and assertive communication for somebody, even though one is like, I'm going to really communicate with you. And then one is like, okay, how can I say what I need to say without being meek about it without being too aggressive. And then maybe one is um, healthy sexual development and yoga. Um, But there's about 20 classes they choose from. They have time to participate in eight, I think, because it goes over Tuesday and Wednesday that they're in those classes. And we had a a third party uh, research done by Dr. Wood and he followed our past participants for a year after they'd been at the retreat and saw, I want to say it was a 45% increase in overall life satisfaction and a 37% reduction in PTSD symptoms. Which is phenomenal results. It's life-changing. It's, it's life-changing. I, and, I, and our viewers may not see. I'm having an emotional reaction. You know the story of my sister, Meg. She yeah. was also um, a victim of sexual abuse as a child and never recovered. Yeah. And I'm thinking if there had been a place Mm -hmm. for her to go like the Haven retreat to really remove herself from daily life Mm -hmm. and have a buffet of resources presented to her. Right. Um, she may still be here. Yeah. Not that 
her suicide was just based on that. But it, I think what happens in trauma is that it snowballs and it creates more trauma. So whatever started at three for her continued to be created in her life in many ways. And, and a lot of survivors self-medicate because they don't want to feel what they feel. Right. And in their defense, nobody wants to feel like that. Right. And, um, and you there, really address the shame aspect. Yes, overcoming left. shame is yes. one of the the classes that we offer. There, there's a bunch of them, but they're all geared toward healing. Um, everything we do, we focus on the hope, not the horror of the abuse, because we want to give people hope. Right. If you give people hope, they can be the stewards of their own healing journey. But if they're if they're unable to see a pathway out of the darkness that they're in. Or if nobody's extending a hand to them, how can we expect them to overcome what they've been through when nobody taught them how? Right. That's not something that we learn in high school. I don't know. Maybe in college you can if you're in a a specific field. But But even then, right? What do you do with the pain? Right. And where do you repurpose it into a different path? So the Haven retreats are one. What are the other two? So we have Finding Hope support groups. We have them in four languages. They're in 11 countries right now. They're modeled after AA, whereas they're peer-run, peer-led. We provide the resources at what it costs us, or you can get them free online. If if they want them printed and sent, we just ask that you cover the, the cost of that. And they're run by two leaders, and they're four survivors of sexual abuse. And um, there there are about 70 of them going right now in 11 different countries. And you can find them online or you can start them. You can start one of your own with a, with a, another leader. And there's huge. We talk a lot on the middle about connection. And there's it's huge. huge power in 12-step patterning of anything we're adjusting, whether it's alcoholism, drug addiction, mm-hmm. Community is key. Community is key because it's, yeah. that alone takes away shame when you sit with someone else and you speak of what right. you're feeling. It, it So much of sexual abuse thrives in secrecy, right? Right. So, and there's so much courage in being that vulnerable. Yes. And there's such a powerful connection when you're able to do that. I love, too, that your third arm is fairly new. and. In the last few years. And I think it's so crucial because you're trying to cut it off at the source, right? Right. Right. We'd like to put the Haven Retreat out. Yeah, you're like, we don't want to be doing Haven Retreats forever. We want to make sure we intervene before children are hurt and abused. So tell us about what resources are available. I know a lot of them are online. And especially, we're taping this during COVID. There's a lot of in-our-homes trauma unfolding right now for various reasons because there's a lot of kids who are being abused at home and they have nowhere to go right um it's sickening yeah (laughs) it's overwhelming it's like heart-wrenching yes um so at defend innocence we educate parents and caregivers on how to reduce the risk of sexual abuse to say that we can prevent it would just be so ostentatious but we do teach how to reduce the risk um we have what we call kid chats. And that's where we interview little kids and say, what's the difference between a secret and a surprise. And it's, we do those things because we know that these conversations can be very difficult. Mm -hmm. And speaking of conversations, it's not one big sex talk. 
in life. No. It's a series of It's constant. My kids, my kids are 16 and almost 23, and they're like, oh, gosh, are we talking about sex again? <laughs> I'm like, yes, we are. Yes, they need to know. Right, and framing conversations, and some families aren't comfortable. I love that you're providing yeah. resources to say, how are we talking about things in a way that we give kids permission to turn inside and say, I don't know what that feels like, but yeah. I don't like what that feels like. Or I don't right. have words for this, but I think... And if you're only talking about it once, there's probably not words for it. No. And then if if it's really uncomfortable, they're not going to feel like they can come back to you when they have questions. And if they hear the word prostitute at school, you don't want them looking that up online. <laughs> you want them to be able to come to you and have that conversation. Say, I heard this word. I think it has something to do with sex. It's, this is the word. What does it mean? And then that opens this opportunity for you to give the education to them. So they're not asking their friends or somebody that probably can't be trusted. So the ongoing dialogue is so important. Um, we try to make it as easy as possible to have these conversations because we know they're uncomfortable. They can be really awkward. Um, people don't don't know how to bring it up. If they're watching kid chats, they can say, oh, come watch this cute little video with me age appropriate child a third party that is bringing it up for you yes and then say has has anybody asked you to keep a secret that's made you feel uncomfortable and then it hopefully opens a conversation i love that and i love um i've been at some of your events Mm -hmm. where there's testimonial shared of those that have gone through your program and the hope that is offered. I love the idea that it's a ripple effect, right? Because when we take one woman and heal, then it affects a community, a family, a community in the world and a generation. And, and there is hope. And I'm so (laughs) grateful that lipstick and mascara have (laughs) turned into such a force for good. Where can people find more about the, the foundation and, and the company that that helps keep this foundation and this work going. So to find out more about the, the foundation and what we do there, the three different brands that we uh, provide and oversee, you can go to uniquefoundation.org. It's spelled Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E foundation.org. And then if you're interested in learning more about the products company, it's uniqueproducts.com. Y-O-U-N-I-Q-E. What's the name of my lipstick again? It's Splash. So it's the liquid lipstick Splash (laughs) Sentimental. It's so great when you're on camera and you don't want it always Mm -hmm. on your teeth and on your braces. Never want that. No, no. And I love that it's unique and it's spelled Y-O-U. And I love what you and Derek and and the whole foundation, the, the company, the makeup side of things. I love the the synergy. I know that it's not always smooth sailing and you have hit roadblocks and COVID shut things down for a while and you have pivoted like the rest of us. Um, But I hope if we have one viewer today that is seeing a problem in the world and wants to solve it instead of complaining, if they get an idea that if, if your family can do what they have done, then maybe there's a solution brewing out there that is in the works. Yeah. Because it's going to take all of us, right? God is oh, yes. so patient with us that we mess it up and we don't do it perfectly and we start and stop and start and stop. But, but it's not a surprise to him. No, he's all. not freaked out. He's no. not even freaked out about the pandemic. No. I always ask my, my guests this question about the manna because I think oftentimes we on the outside see 
someone like you and what you've done to help the world be better, to have hope, to heal. And we think um, that you wake up every day feeling like a superhero and that's why you're doing superhero really. work. <laughs> <laughs> and for the mere mortals of the world, right? <laughs> Mana to me is such a great imagery for my own mental health and spiritual well-being and physical well-being too, that I have to choose action every day mm -hmm. that's going to create that for me. It's not a one and done. It would be great if I know you probably do this for those that attend the Haven retreats. Like it's great to go to a retreat, but what are you going to do every day when you go home right. so that you can maintain that? So what is, we've had a variety of answers here on the yellow couch. What is one of your manas that um, help you? Self-care. And one of the ways that I do that is I wake up at five every morning and I read the scripture. I study. I don't just read them. I'm studying the scriptures. It's a place that I find peace. Um, and I've read them tons of times, but I learn something new every time. And I feel like it's a way to open my heart to what God wants me to do. And um, sometimes I do things just for me. I'm learning Portuguese on purpose from an app. I got to find another method. But I, I, I feel prompted to, to do the cup. same. My husband speaks Portuguese and it, oh, I'm not you better good. do it if you're feeling prompted. I don't, I don't learn languages very well. That's not how do you know? Have you tried? Yes. German. I was a horrible German. Oh, student. don't try it. German's very hard. I love German people, but their language is very hard to learn. So you're, you're doing that and you, you're doing that because that's your self-care time too, as well. And it's the only time I'm uninterrupted. <laughs> so I, I feel like it is a bit of a sacrifice, but I want to be in good habits. I want to give that quiet time to my heavenly father and mm -hmm. spend that time with him as he's teaching me, whether it's through the scriptures or through Portuguese, I'm learning either way. And I feel like I really open myself to learning what he wants me to know. I love that. So sacred time every day mm -hmm. for that self-care spiritually and mentally. I love the idea that you do sacrifice maybe some sleep and some other things, but is it really a sacrifice? No, though? it's your sacred appointment time. Right. right? Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for showing up in the world. Thank you sh for showing up for God so that you can be an instrument in his hands. You definitely are one of those people that have inspired me to to not limit where I feel I can maybe impact the world. Right. And for all the the Megs out there. Yeah. Um, that you keep working so that they have a place to go. Um. I'm just very grateful for your work. And I know we have viewers, just statistically speaking, that have experienced their own trauma with sexual abuse and they're wondering. And I hope if you're watching this and you have a friend and it's not you, that you share the Unique Foundation website because all the information is there and, and there's so much good and it just keeps growing. So thank you, my friend for your goodness. And thank you again for joining us here on The Middle, and we hope to see you again soon. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want more of The Middle, make sure you find us on all the social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll see you again soon.